Mark my words, we will make Brexit, Brexit a success. Am I tough enough? Uh, tough enough? Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Let June the 23rd go down in our history as our Independence Day. Hello and welcome to the Bell FM News Team Show and what a year it has been. Taking a risk, having a punt, having a go, that pumps me up. After seven months without broadcasting, the news team show is back and we are so excited for the year ahead. Don't worry, we are not in the studio at the moment. Rather, we are recording remotely and as such, the news team show will be slightly different in format. Each story will be presented and discussed by our amazing news reporters, covering all things on and off campus. This week, Lucas Sanarotti discusses the £10,000 fine issued to Birmingham venue Lab 11. Andrew Chapman reports on free school meals. Ollie Sultan interviews a University of Birmingham student from Wales about the temporary closure of the Welsh-English border. And Genevieve Kotaska looks at the US election taking place next week. Enjoy. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Plan FM. Lab 11 in Digbeth becomes the fourth venue in the West Midlands to be charged £10,000 by the police. This was based on a breach of the COVID rules, given that the event had claimed to be having an outdoors event. But when police arrived after receiving intelligence, they found that it in fact counted as an indoors event. There are about 100 to 120 people inside, and there were concerns that the people attending were mixing households. This took place on the 17th of October. There's a video uh, that's been released online, which features the police walking in and a point of view camera showing people dancing without masks on and generally mixing. After talking to four tables, it became clear that three of them had in fact been mixing households. Now, Lab 11 has released a statement after this disagreeing with the 10 grand fine on the basis that they are being used as a trophy to be featured by the West Midlands Police uh, just in time for the weekend news. That was that was mentioned on their Facebook. They also say that the allegation that this was based on households mixing is laughable, laughable, based on the fact that other venues are also doing the same thing and they believe that they've been singled out. Now. Uh, I'm Lucas Zanarotti, the campus and education correspondent, and I'm here with my housemates Jordan and Zach. And we're going to be opening this up and having a little bit of a conversation around the 10 grand fine and what's happened uh, the week before last. Uh, just to say that any views expressed are our own. So, guys, what are we thinking? £10,000, is that justified? Well, I mean, the rules are the rules, right? Yeah, if you break the rules, you're subject to the fine. No, no one company or venue should be able to find uh, their own loopholes uh, in the rules. And you know, if you breach the rules, you're going to get fined. It's as simple as that. Firstly, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I think while Lab Eleven, you can't blame them for wanting to survive. Everyone's trying to survive in this in this climate. You see other venues doing all they can, but I think there's a way of going about it. You look down the road at the night owl. They're having safe, social distance, socially distance events throughout the day, brunches, doing all they can. Yeah. I think 
Lab 11 feel like they're being singled out. I think they're almost at fault for that because of their reputation with the police, with the community. So they feel like they're being singled out. Maybe they should have been more responsible in the last few years. Two tough liners then. I mean, guys, wouldn't you say that the events industry, hospitality included, some industries are just completely on their knees at the moment and they're just looking for ways to survive. I mean, um, they they did actually claim that the West Midlands police visited the premises before the event took place and didn't have any complaints to make. It was only afterwards after they received, uh, well, the, as they put in inverted, com inverted uh, commas, fresh intelligence uh, that they took any problem with it. So, I mean, wouldn't you say that there are better ways of dealing with it rather than to put them into more economic hardship than they're already facing? Well, to be honest with you, as I said before, the rules are the rules. And um, we've, well, a lot of people who are listening, I'm sure, have been to Lab 11. And we all know that the balances there can really be quite horrible at times, quite rude. So, if they want to enforce the law, which is the law, it's not their own rules, it's the law, then um, they should be as tough as they normally are uh, and stop people from standing up and mixing and not wearing the mask if, if they're dancing, which they shouldn't be anyway. You know, it's not difficult to follow the law when the £10,000 fine is, is there as a, as a deterrent, almost. It's not it's not a difficult thing to do. They, they do it normally anyway. So why should today or any day during Corona, you know, should, why should it be any different? Zach, I understand your sentiment there, but you do sound like quite a saint of the state. You sound awfully like like a law enforcer I think you have to be realistic sometimes and there are people breaking the laws left right and center and we're not even running businesses and I can say for sure you've potentially broken the law in terms of this coronavirus outbreak so <laughs> lab 11 actually have something <laughs> at stake and from the video it didn't look too bad it didn't look much worse than other things that we've seen throughout this period and I do think it was quite harsh but the law is the law. Look, to be honest with you, um, I'm sure I'm sure we have all broken the law by uh, going down to the pub or with other households or going to other people's houses. Obviously, uh, we shouldn't be doing that. But the problem is there was 100 to 120 people there approximately. And when there's when they're all mixing together, you know, sitting really closely, dancing together. And if you know, it takes one person to have the virus there and then a lot of people are, uh, are suddenly infected and they go home and spread it to their households potentially. And maybe they might go home. Uh, you know, wherever they're from, give it to their family. And that just, you know, it, it increases the, the spread of the virus. Mm, yeah, we all have a role to play in, in stopping it, I suppose, don't we? I mean, you know, Lab 11 is somewhere, as we said, that a lot of students have been to, have good memories as well. And are, you know, a lot of people are pretty desperate to, to go back there and for, night, to, for nightlife to return. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that that happens sometime soon. But um, as the West Midlands Police said, they were the fourth venue to be handed the £10,000 fine, so we will be keeping our eyes peeled to see if that trend continues. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Planet FM. Many school children will be on their half-term breaks this week, and with the current pandemic affecting budgets in many families across the country, the free school meal scheme in schools was more important than ever for many of them. Marcus Rashford campaigned for free school meals to be extended into the holidays, being the fifth ever petition to reach over a million signatures on the government's website. The Conservative Party has faced significant backlash after voting against the Labour Party's motion to push free school meals outside of term time. Boris Johnson has talked about not wanting any children to go hungry this winter, however did not comment on any way he wanted to go about this. 
Many businesses have picked up the government's slack, offering free meals to children without any purchases necessary. Marcus Rashford tweeted out asking how many meals businesses had handed out, and the response suggests that over 15,000 were handed out on Monday alone. But this is not a long-term solution, with parents and businesses concerned that this is not local businesses' responsibility, and that something needs to be done, and realises that the free school meals is one of the most popular and publicly backed forms of welfare support. Children's Commissioner Anne Longfield stresses that this isn't a new issue. Uh, people all the time, families who are facing unemployment. So this isn't going to go away. Now, I'm told that the PM understands this. I'm told that there are people around him having positive discussions about this. We've had very good suggestions from Robert Halford about breakfast. The Dimbleby uh, proposals around food and activities are still there. So I want this to, to move from something which is a possibility in a discussion to something which is real. Robert Halfen was one of the Conservative MPs to rebel against the party. Despite being a loyal Conservative, he said he did this out of principle and out of respect for all the hard work done by local food banks in his constituency. He suggests that Boris Johnson sits down with Marcus Rashford and his task force of big-name brands to work out a solution to food insecurity. Some MPs have even reversed their opinions about the vote, such as Tobias Elwood of Bournemouth East. He recognised that this vote does not reflect the national opinion and realises that the free school meals is one of the most popular and publicly backed forms of welfare support. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Plan FM. As Wales goes into a strict lockdown, thousands of Welsh students studying in the rest of the UK are unable to return home. Many of these students are at the University of Birmingham. Today, I'll be speaking to Harry Turner, one of those students who is unable to return home. Hello, my name's Harry and I'm from Swansea and I'm a first year law student. So Harry, what was your initial reaction when you heard you would not be able to go home? Um, initially, I was obviously quite disappointed as I hadn't really seen my family since obviously arriving here in Birmingham. So not being able to see them for another at least three weeks while we're going to lockdown is obviously a bit of a shock. So when you came here, did you expect this could be a possibility? Well, I obviously thought there could have been a second wave, but I didn't think it would get to the stage where I wouldn't actually be able to return home, obviously Wales being so close to England. So in light of what you just said, do you agree with the Welsh government's decision to uh, go into a strict lockdown? Uh, yeah, I think I do agree with our approach because at the end of the day, it's only a two week circuit breaker lockdown as well. So I think it's something that maybe had to be done to protect the public health of individuals. So obviously here in England, we haven't seen such big lockdowns for quite some time. So what was the reaction of your family and friends back home when they had these restrictions were coming into force? There was an element of a surprise, but at the end of the day, I think Wales never really ruled out a circuit breaker lockdown. They're always quite open to the possibility. So I think everyone thought that it was inevitable, really. So when this was announced, there were many criticisms of this new lockdown. Uh, especially regarding the travel ban and how it was unenforceable. In light of this, do you think many students will still attempt to return home? And how do you view students who are still planning on heading home? Um, I have a lot of empathy for people who will try and attempt to get home because I think we're in a, a new environment with new people we've never met before. And I think so many people will feel almost isolated as such. And I think they do have the right to still attempt to go home. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Plan FM.
So there's less than a week to go until the 2020 presidential elections in the US. And at the moment, it's a pretty tight race. So at the moment, polls are putting Biden at 51% and Trump at 43%. That might seem like a pretty good lead for Biden at the moment. It's got an eight point lead. But Clinton was ahead by two points in the 2016 elections. And as we know, even though she won the popular vote, she lost the election because of the electoral college system. So just because Biden's ahead in the polls, nothing is guaranteed in the US electoral system. So the polls are a bit clearer this time, but it's all to play for because of the way the electoral college works. If you want to go to at BurnFM News on Twitter, there'll be an explainer of the electoral college and its potential impact on this year's election there. So because of the way the electoral college works, the vote is won often in the battleground states. And these include Texas, Arizona, Florida, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, amongst other states. These states have more electoral college votes. And so often this is where the election is won or lost. And that's what happened in 2016 when Trump won big in the battleground states with a winning margin in Iowa, Ohio and Texas between 8 and 10%. Now this year it's looking much closer with Trump ahead in Florida, Georgia, Ohio and Texas, um, but Biden ahead in the other battleground states which includes Arizona, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Virginia and Wisconsin. So it's all to play for but at the moment Biden is the favourite um, with political analysis website 538 favouring Biden to win and The Economist um, believes that Biden is very likely to beat Trump. This is also perhaps supported by reports that number 10 Downing Street is U-turning on its policy towards the US in anticipation of a Biden victory which may have an impact on the US trade deal post-Brexit um, and basically what the world looks like going forwards which is uncertain enough as it is. Voting in the US has topped 70 million people, which is more than half of the 2016 total turnout. Um, a lot of this is driven by people trying to minimise their coronavirus risk. But also there's been a lot of questions about the postal votes. There's concerns that the US Postal Service isn't going to deliver postal votes in time, with many commentators recommending that voters deliver their postal vote in person rather than relying on the postal service, and concerns with like really long queues in polling stations, um, which is perhaps why many people have chosen to vote early. Now candidates are still campaigning with Biden giving a speech near his home in Delaware, which will focus on his plans to combat coronavirus and protect Americans with pre-existing health conditions, whereas Trump's going to hold rallies in Arizona, a battleground state where Biden has the edge at the moment, as I reported earlier. So still all to play for in the US election with Biden ahead in the polls. On a related note, there's been a big increase in gun and ammunition sales, which are largely attributed to consumer concerns around protests and with the elections coming up. Now, arms sales in the US go up every time there's an election, but the industry reports that in the past it's usually people who are already gun owners purchasing more weapons. And at the moment, it's brand new people who are buying weapons given the 
convergence of the pandemic, the election and concern around the uncertainty that people are facing in the US. There are general concerns that there may be violence with lots of cities like Washington DC preparing for potential outbreaks of violence in the aftermath of the election results. Either way, you can catch the ongoing election news at Berman FM News on Twitter where we've been trying to keep track of what is going on. In other foreign affairs news, been some outbreaks of violence in Italy as they protest against renewed coronavirus lockdown legislation. Poland has backtracked on abortion rights, making it almost impossible to get a legal abortion in Poland, with big protests there from feminist groups. In Belarus, protests also continue against Lukashenko, who is at the moment refusing to back down. In Hong Kong, student activist Tony Chung was detained near the US embassy, reportedly whilst trying to seek asylum. Um, and I think that's all we have time for. Thank you for listening to our discussion today and uh, stay tuned for the next news show. And if there's anything you'd like us to cover, you can tweet us at BurnFM News or send us an email, news at burnfm.com. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Burn FM.